0: Welcome to the DFA Podcast, we've got a special edition, we've got a special interview with 159-game veteran of the Hawthorne Footy Club, he's played in three premierships, he's a vice-captain, welcome Liam Shields. Thanks for having me, guys. No, no worries, no Now, Shieldsy, you've won three premierships, you're a vice-captain down at Hawthorne now. To be on the DFA Podcast, where does that rank in your uh, list of achievements? Oh, mate, it's
1: right up there. <laughs> <Nice> <laughs> you. Well, so, probably, probably along the three premierships.
2: Um, <laughs>
0: No worries at all. Now, after
2: most uh, people were considering this season uh, pretty disappointing for the Hawks, uh, second half of the season you've really turned it around and uh, struck together a few wins. What do you reckon turned uh, the season around? Yeah, well It's been an interesting year for us. Um, obviously, getting off to uh, such a poor start, um, I think, going into the season. We had a goal to finish
1: top top four, which we've had for probably the past four or five years. Um, but, yeah, that was our goal going into the obviously didn't count out that way and probably got to um, round eight or nine where we need to really readdress where we're at um, as a playing group. Um, and since then, uh, we've been able to get engaged into the young guys, especially down back, um, James Sicily, Ryan Burton, Blake Hardwick, Caden Brown, guys like these, even Daniel House through the midfield. Um, Games into these guys, uh, probably just by um, injuries, I guess, to, to keep players down back. Um, we've had to play these guys. And Um, We've seen the got better with each game they've played. So a few little tweaks to the game plan, but I think the major thing is just playing these young guys and giving them um, games experience.
3: So you've had a lot of experience leave the midfield this year with uh, Jordan Lewis moving to the Demons and Sam Mitchell moving to the Eagles over the off-season last year. And I think this has sort of led you to take on more of an attacking role in the midfield. How has this transition uh, sat with you thus far this season?
1: Two great players and two fantastic leaders of our footy club, so um, that obviously opens up um, positions uh, to fill, obviously off the field as well as on the field. Um, so yeah, I've really enjoyed uh, my role this year, playing a little bit more on the wing and in, in, the, in inside the midfield rather than um, a run with role, which is which has been good fun. It's always yeah, good fun to get your hands on the footy, but um, there's probably and there probably will be. Finish it off the year, there will be chances for me to go and do run with roles and things like that. But yeah, as I said, started my career doing that. Obviously learned a lot from playing on um, the great players in the competition, Gary Ablett, Joel Saylewood
0: guys like this. I've, I've learned a lot. So you spoke about a bit of a changing role with the with that so much experience leaving the footy club. Off field now, you're a vice captain. Um, how's that said? Have you enjoyed the role?
1: Yeah, I've loved it. Um, obviously challenging at the start of the year when uh, personally the team... Uh, weren't playing as well as we could have. There's always, there's always going to be those challenges, but um, I've learned a lot, and I learned a lot probably over the last three or four years. Off Jordan Lewis, Sam Mitchell, uh, Luke Hodge, Jared Ruffhead, Josh Gibson, these guys that have been in our leadership group for four or five years. Um, I've just tried to pick their brains as much as possible, and um, really enjoyed my, as I said, yeah, my first year in the leadership group. So um, there's been challenges, but trying to learn as
0: quickly as possible. Yeah, talking of Lukey Hodge, um, he played his 300th game a fortnight ago against the Cats. Um, prior to the game, it was the media obviously made such a big hype and he came out and declared that he was going to uh, retire at the end of the season. Did Clarko actually make mention to him playing his 300th before the game in, in warm-up or was it sort of just everyone knew how big the occasion was going to be? Yeah, I
1: think everyone just, everyone knew. Um, always before guys play their 100th game, one to 200, 300, whatever it is. Last team meeting before we played, so the game was on the Saturday, the Friday at the club, they'll show a highlight package of the player, um, so that was, and then Clark, I'll say a few words about Hodgie, but um, the majority of, of the meetings are still based around our yeah, aim plan and what we need to do to beat the opposition, and in Hodgie's case it was Geelong, and um, I think with milestone games, uh, unless you win the game, you kind of you don't really want to remember the game, think I saw Ben McAvoy, um, played against St Kilda and he, his 150th, he was quite emotional after the game and I just said to him, oh, what's wrong mate, he goes, oh, well, my 150th, I probably don't ever really want to remember this game for we got beat by St Kilda by 76 points, um, so it's not something that's really brought up, obviously Hodgie, uh, probably one of the greatest ever players to play football for Hawthorne, most of the boys knew just from the media height and reading the papers, Stuff that um, was a big game. Every game we play against Geelong is always massive. You're always going to get seventy or eighty thousand there. So um, yeah, it was a, it was a, a great, it and a great, great day apart from the result. Uh, obviously, would have, and we would have rather uh, getting
0: points. When you do have these milestone games, shilzy do you try and um, come into the game with a little bit more motivation or a little bit more energy, or do you try and just imagine it's another normal game? Yeah, if you try to keep it um,
1: as normal as possible. Uh, I don't think players, well, I personally play with any extra motivation.
0: earlier on she was actually about having such a young and inexperienced backline now um, James Sicily showed a bit of that experience um, on the weekend where he got a little bit physical with a couple of teammates and uh, started to mouth off a little bit um, first of all do you know what was said and secondly were you happy to see Taylor Geray come across and try, try and calm him down and show a bit of experience yeah I think uh, I think Taylor said today
1: that he was just, he was just telling that he's better than him at gold <laughs> that passion from everybody.
0: You got drafted and you were still finishing off year 12 in your uh, first season in AFL footy. Uh, how did you yeah. juggle the school and footy load? Uh, yeah, I think it was one of the
1: best years of my life, to be honest. Whenever I wanted to get out of school, I said I had footy, and whenever I wanted to get out of footy, I said I had school. So it worked <laughs> out pretty well for me. Uh, yeah, no doubt It, but, uh, the boys had just won the flag in 2008, so I wasn't really expecting to play at all. Uh, and it was probably similar to this year, we had that many injuries in uh, 2009 to a lot of senior guys. blokes like uh, myself, Luke Bruce, uh, Ryan Shawnmakers, guys like these got games that we probably didn't deserve, but um, definitely helped in the future and helped our development. Uh, but, yeah, it was week at the footy club which was Thursday morning and then we'd go into school Thursday Arbor and then I'd train with Box Hill Tuesday night after school but I had some great support around me with mum and dad obviously, also the footy club and Aquinas College was fantastic in supporting
0: my footy needs as well. Go back to that first game of footy you played, what were the nerves like? Um, When did you get to, who told you you were going to be playing the first game and the lead up to that first game, what were you feeling?
1: Andrew McLeod had a bit of a, a rock
2: In
1: your first game and like you said, you were a run-with player
2: at the start of your
1: career so you've played on some absolute legends. Who do you reckon the toughest opponent you've come up against? Yeah, that's a good question. Probably probably Gary Ablett. Um, I mean, I've played on him probably two or three times now and he had 30 on every time I've played on him but when you go and look back at your game, you kind of rate it on uh, the effectiveness of, of his disposal. I mean, if he, has, if he has 30 touches in the back half then you've probably done an OK job. In the chamber, it be second or third, um, and he's going to have an impact if he's getting it if he's getting it out in space. So that's the key: is yeah, just stopping his influence
0: on the game as much as possible. Yeah, so you've played a game of international rules for Australia, so you obviously have proved to be up to that sort of high quality standard. Yeah. When you got to represent Australia, what were you feeling? Where did you play? And do you think representative footy has a current role in today's game?
1: players
0: that have been in the AFL system for ten plus years. So I was learning as
1: much from those guys as possible.
0: Um uh, was a great experience. I think you had Milney covered anyway, Shilsey. What's that joke? <laughs> I think you I think you had Milney covered <laughs> anyway, mate. That.
3: Now, as a middle-aged player for Hawthorne, it's hard to talk about your uh, your Grand Finals that you've played in. You've played in four thus far, but what do you like most about the lead-up to the Grand Finals? Is it the final training session or the Grand Final Parade? Yeah, it's a pretty
1: special week. Um, I, think the, I think the early part of the week from, say, Monday through to Wednesday is pretty normal. And then the main training session on the Thursday, I think the, the three flags that We've had about 10,000 people at, at Waverley uh, for that Thursday training session, which is special and then obviously the parade on the friday um, is a great experience um yeah like just it's kind of surreal when you're sitting in the back of the the toyota ute and there's so many so many fans um not just hawthorne or sydney or whatever team we're playing. It's just general footy fans on their lunch break i mean you look up at the buildings through the cbd and there's people hanging hawthorne flags level 20 or whatever be out of out of their work building so uh, I guess it's a pretty surreal feeling, but uh, we had, well I had great advice my, uh, my first our uh, first Grand Final in 2012, the guys that played in, in 2008 just said embrace the week, keep it as normal as possible, uh, but there is, it is going to be different, like, there's going to be a lot more people training, have got the parade, all these things are happening, so just, just embrace it,
2: uh, as part of your preparation I guess. So what's your routine on actual Grand Final day, so what time do you wake up and if you sleep the night before, what do you do
1: beforehand? You may get there a little bit earlier because, you know, traffic and things like this um, will be a lot heavier. But, uh, yeah, try to keep the preparation as normal
0: as possible. Grand final day, when you arrive, do you, do you usually try and hit in with a couple of teammates? Or do you, do you still drive to the ground like a normal game for a regular season match?
2: in four Grand Finals, three premierships, uh, yep. everyone's going to say they're all fantastic, but which one is your most memorable? Yeah, pro- probably the first one. I
1: guess losing to, to Sydney in 2012 is probably, uh, well, it is the hardest thing that I've had to, to go through as a player, watching those guys get their medals, uh, sitting out in the middle of the MCG was just, just heartbreaking, and uh, all the hard work that goes in at first thought is we're ever going to, to get back here again because... You know how hard it is to, to play grand finals. And to get, there. you need to put in a solid, a solid season and then have a little bit of luck in finals, I guess, to, to get to the grand final. So I think the first one we won after that, um, beating Fremantle uh, after losing the year before, was a pretty special, pretty special moment. Uh, a little bit of redemption, I guess, in a sense. But uh, they're all, they're all special in their own, their own little way. Uh, as I said, losing. to and it was, uh, yeah, very special. And then, obviously, the last one to, to string three in a row together um, was, yeah, it's like, obviously, you know how hard it is to do it, um, especially nowadays when there's an equalisation in teams to play, to play with three in a row was yeah a special
0: feeling. So who did you follow when you were growing up, Shilsey?
1: Uh Unfortunately, I was a Collingwood supporter.
0: So 2011, prelim final, Luke Ball, snap out of the pack. <laughs>
1: up and kicked a left foot snap from the stoppage, so yeah, that was obviously a tough moment
0: as well. Now with Collingwood going through a little bit of a rebuild at the moment, there's no talks that you might be of a Cinderella story and come back to the pies? I signed
1: a a, four year contract, I think last year or the year before, so uh, I know contracts probably mean nothing nowadays, but I'm
0: very... uh, They mean nothing at all. If you need to get to to the... the uh, After I got drafted, Collingwood's right. They mean nothing, those contracts, Shielz. Whenever you want to come back to Collingwood, you just you just let the DFA boys know, and we'll we'll get you across the line, and we'll get you playing at Collingwood.
3: Yeah, Shielz. After the seasons done and dusted, it's well publicised that uh, teams like to go on a bit of a a Man Monday celebration. Who's best on, on these celebrations? Who really gets around it? Uh, well, last
1: year was uh, Jack Fitzpatrick from uh from Melbourne. He was he was up to about uh hadn't really heard a word from him the whole season. <laughs> <up on> <laughs> and uh, I think uh, I think he got himself another another contract from the uh, Monday performance. <laughs> he really got around the boys and uh, had a few good tips on the horses which the boys loved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was
0: fantastic obviously. All right. Ben
1: Stratton obviously he's, uh, he's probably a consistent performer who's been there for uh six or seven uh, the top three performances not bad
0: Monday. You've been coached by Clarko since day dot. Um so it's hard to compare him to any other coaches, but what sort of traits does Clarko have, um, and what what makes him who he is? What makes Clarko that the coach that all other AFL clubs are sort of searching for? Yeah he's a, he's a
1: pretty special character, Clarko, uh, I guess um, He can be an angry ag- man at, at times but um his passion I guess his passion for the game he plays is probably Uh, what separates him from from other coaches and obviously his work ethic as well. Um, Just for example, every year he'll go away uh, overseas, whether it's been to America to study the NFL or ice hockey or whatever it may be, or to to Europe to study soccer. Um, Just looking for ways to improve, improve our game plan and make little tweaks to our game plan and our footy club on a whole that will help. Um, So his work ethic, he he never really switches off. He's always the AFL and how he can improve as a footy club. And obviously, yeah, passion uh, for the game he loves the game and his passion for the players like he'll do anything anything for players so we're very very fortunate to, to have a coach like that at Hawthorne and um, you only have to look at what he's done this season um, after a poor start um, to, to get us and regroup us change a few tweaks to our game plan and uh, put in a pretty solid second half of the year it's just uh, credit to him
0: if you're talking game plans um how much time per week, like percentage-wise, would you actually spend talking about the game plan and studying the team you're going to be playing the next week?
1: Yeah, a lot. When we, uh, when we actually do school clinics, I say to the kids, uh, our, our day-to-day job is pretty similar to school. Like, during the season, we only really train for an hour because uh, most of the boys are pretty sore in the weeks based around recovery. And we're, not, we're there from the footy club from 8.30 till 3.30 uh, most days. So the day's filled up with a lot of meetings, Uh, just for instance, so today we'll we'll go through our team review, which goes anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half. Um, Tomorrow we'll look at line meetings, so review how the midfield group went. Um, Then we'll have a team meeting, and because we play Friday night, they'll probably chuck in uh, an oppo oppo meeting as well. So just looking at Sydney and uh, their structures and how they've performed over the last four weeks, um, key players and things like that. And then Wednesday's that day off, so, most of the boys like to, to get out on the golf course and just get away from footy for a day. It uh, gets pretty competitive out on the golf course. There's probably 10 to 15 blokes that like having a hit. And then on Thursday, we'll do line meetings. So, uh, the midfield focus, and, uh, forward line focus, and defenders focus, and what they need to do to, to get the job done. And also a team meetings. So, there's so many meetings nowadays uh, Yeah, just on game plan, reviewing teams.
2: Like that. so it is away. Like now, just quickly going back to Clarco, who's his 300th game as coach on the weekend, um, did he show a highlight package of him before? <laughs> the <polio>? Punching <laughs> the ball, or his best sprays at halftime? Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't like being the uh, centre retention, Clarko. <laughs>
0: Tommy Mitchell's obviously having a standout season this year since coming across from Sydney. Does anyone around the club, did anyone call him a ball hawk? One of your player sponsors. We all used to work at the Heritage Golf and Country Club. Has Ron ever stopped smiling?
1: <laughs> he's a pretty happy man. Um, he's a good fella, Ron. He's been my player sponsor for, I think, 10 years now. So, um, funny, he's never asked me for a round at Heritage,
0: though. <laughs> we can organise that for you. I'd rather Royal Melbourne. Yeah, well, we, we can sort that out as well. <laughs>
3: Now, Shieldsie, the boys went know a bit of dirt. Who's the biggest pest at Hawthorne? Who do you try and avoid at all costs when it comes to travelling or, or sharing a room with? Uh, yeah, probably used to be Sam Mitchell. Now it's Isaac. Copper ball in the back of the head. Uh, pretty regularly in training or up in
1: the change rooms. Uh, but now it's probably uh, Paul Pioppolo. <laughs> I, think, I think last week uh, he was going around and put his shaving cream in by his boots, so. He thinks it's pretty funny, but um, the other boys don't really enjoy his
0: sense of humour too much. Uh, Growing up, you're obviously a brilliant soccer player. Um, There's been so much talk recently of players, um, or Will Sutherland, for example, picking cricket over footy. Did you ever actually have to make a choice between soccer and footy? Uh,
1: Not really. I guess when I was growing up playing soccer, the pathway was that probably only the best three or four players in Australia uh, would go overseas and try and get a contract with an e- EPL side. There was no A-League or anything like that. So um, I made the decision uh, pretty early that I wasn't going to be in the top uh, echelon of players in Australia. So um, well, the pathway for me was probably just to play uh, local soccer somewhere and a Divi One side. So, uh, yeah, I made the decision pretty early that I'd, I'd commit to,
2: to footy and, and give it the best cracking in there. Now, speaking of choosing uh, two sports, Faz... Uh, constantly tells us about his footy career and how if he didn't choose golf, he probably could have played AFL. What are your thoughts on this? You know, you played with him in year 12. Did he play, (laughs) 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 Sam?
0: I was really hoping you wouldn't (laughs) say I was hoping you'd give me a good rap. He reckon he was in and
2: under, handballing out to you on the outside. That's what he's been telling everyone. No, he was a silky forward flake and it didn't like with the (laughs) (laughs) hardball. I think he made the right
0: decision to... uh... No, as much time the golf course as possible. No, <laughs> Shilzy, I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> so you mentioned on your
2: days off Wednesday, you played golf yourself with a few other Hawks.
1: Who, who is the best um, golfer? Uh, Mitchell Lewis, uh, one of the first year draftees is off. Oh, he's like, he was off scratch at his local course back home in the country, but he's, he's
3: joined up at Huntingdale now and he's Ooh. off about four. Yeah, uh, a little too to courses.
0: What are you playing off at the moment, Shilsey? Uh Seven A at the moment. That's not too bad. Where are you playing? Where are you based out of? Uh, Riverdale. Very good. Very yeah, good. Nice. Any plans to pursue your golf post your career? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll be playing more golf if that's what you mean. Uh, and post so and. Uh, and post, post your footy career, what have you got planned? Uh, nothing yet. Uh, I've just opened up a gym
1: or a physio clinic uh, in Roeville, because he So, any of your followers on Facebook can get down there and say my name and I can get a couple of free classes. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really know. I guess uh, the more the more time you spend at the footy club, the more you kind of want to be involved in that post footy. But uh, hopefully, I've got a few more years left before I
0: have to decide what I want to do. And post your footy career, you don't want to spend a bit of time with the DFA boys. We get you a uh, permanent spot on the panel. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: <laughs> That's the answer we wanted. So, do you do you think you might be down the media?
2: Do you think you might be down a media uh, pathway, or perhaps coaching, or do you think something out of football together? Um, yeah, still still probably a while off. Uh, I wouldn't mind staying in the AFL system. I don't think. I don't think
3: media is for me. I don't really enjoy public speaking too much, so that's probably a no-go. But, yeah, as I said, coaching and stuff like that probably become more, become more appealing uh, along in, in the system. Now, more to your future at Hawthorne. Which young players on the list do you look at right now and, and sort of give you hope that you'll be able to climb the ladder again back to where you were sort of between that you know 2012 and 2015 period? Yeah, probably a few guys
1: that i mentioned. Uh, the start of the interview, uh, Blake Hardwick, obviously having a fantastic season. Rangers, boy from Croydon, um, also Brian Burton, uh, I think he's a favourite for the NAP Rising Star at the minute, and should take that out on the season that he's had, but yeah, he's obviously a great talent to play, probably good forward in as well, so I think guys like that, Case Brand, keen position back as well, Tim O'Brien, who's just found some continuity in his footy this season, uh, yeah, definitely
2: got a bit of talent down there to work with. What's the belief like with all the boys down at Hawthorne? You still think you can make the finals? And what's it going to take? Uh, it's going to be tough from here. Uh, I think mathematically we're still no a chance. Um, five
1: games left.
0: Right, Shieldsie, thanks very much for your time, mate. Just a quick question before you go. Uh, DFA boys are just wondering if you wanted to host us into the rooms on Friday night after you have a big win against the Swannies? <laughs> um, it's a hot chicken at the minute. And, uh, it's a bit, I think both hands are going pretty well, but I'll see how will go. I'll get back to you on that one, first. No, no worries, sounds good. Um, Liam Shields, thanks very much for your time. Thanks for giving such a great insight into your career so far in the 2017 season, and best of luck.
2: Thanks, really. Thank you.